What's up, friends? You're listening to The Secret Chord Podcast, the show about finding the harmony between faith, music, and business. I'm your host, Nick Morrow. Welcome to episode 13. do you think of when you think of like the highest level type of worship leader, Christian artist, performer, etc.? I don't know about you, but for me personally, I think in my mind, sometimes I carry this sort of archetype uh, of what an artist or performer or a worship leader is supposed to look like, or maybe what the optimal version of that is supposed to look like. Like I think of somebody personally like, Brandon Lake, who is obviously, that dude's a beast on stage. If you've ever seen him lead or if you've ever watched any of the videos, right? He's like, has the greatest voice and he's just like a monster on stage and he's really personable and all these things. And I think it's easy to look at these types of people and think that that's sort of the El Dorado of what every artist or every worship leader should look like. But actually, in reality, I think it couldn't be further from the truth. Every performer or artist or worship leader is different, right? We all, we're all made in God's image. We're all made differently in God's image. We each carry divine callings. And, and based on any number of factors, the way we work that out is so much different than the guy or gal next to us. It becomes really important then, I think, to be comfortable in our own skin not constantly comparing ourselves to or wishing that we were someone else my guest today is someone who's walked that journey with a whole lot of grace jillian edwards is a singer and songwriter who's been releasing albums since she was a teenager she's an artist who represents a slow and consistent climb in their career whose albums have charted on all sorts of billboard charts over the years Jillian has toured as a solo artist, as a vocalist. She records records a lot. She was also married to another touring musician, which is an interesting dynamic. She's also a mom. She represents someone who's doing a lot in life, but she's still balancing a music career in the midst of all that, which is something we talk quite a bit about in today's episode. One of the things that I love about Jillian Edwards' music is the way that she blends a lot of influence from outside of what I would call maybe the Christian or CCM market so seamlessly with songs about faith. I've told you guys before that um, I don't necessarily listen to a lot of Christian music and so I'm kind of embarrassed to say I never heard Jillian Edwards music until recently. Another songwriter uh, acquaintance of ours, a mutual acquaintance, had written a song with her and I went and listened to it and it was amazing. Blew me away. If you've never heard her songs, Maybe you should just pause the podcast right now and go listen to it. She's just released a brand new EP called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, which is amazing. You'll be blessed by her music and also by her thoughts in the episode. Here it is, my interview with Jillian Edwards. Jillian Edwards, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Happy to be here. It's it's so good to have you. Hey, um, here's the deal. Everyone always does their like lightning round thing at the end. Mm -hmm. Typically, I do it at the very beginning. Oh, lightning round meaning like popcorn questions? That's right. Okay, okay, from the gut. I'm ready. And I'm gonna tell you. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that everyone thinks way too hard on these questions. Okay. They really are meant to be like icebreakers. Cool. So it's okay to answer from the gut and I promise you, promise you that I will never hold you to these and probably no one else will either. Okay, great, <laughs> I love it, let's do this. So um, first off, on a scale of one to 10, one being like the worst day of your life, 10 being the best day of your life. How are you doing today? Wow. Seven is the first one that came to mind. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Yep. That's three away yep. from the best day of your life. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> I mean, I can elaborate, but seven. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. We'll take it. Um, if you were stuck on a desert island and you could pick the music of three to five songwriters to take with you who are you taking oh. oh oh no okay the music of three to five songs that's where everybody that's gets hung up that's a lot of 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 content that i'm allowed to take like three yeah. singer songwriters catalog three to five catalogs okay yeah okay i think Nickel Creek. Ooh, Did yeah. you ever listen to Nickel Creek? Yes. Yeah. Um, which uh, I guess it's that would be like Sarah Watkins, Chris Thiel, and oh no, I'm not. I don't think I know the uh, the the brother. Name. Um. Um. Not that. Not because I know all of their songs, but because the songs I know make me feel really pleasant. <laughs> Well, now that you say that, I can totally hear Nickel Creek in your music. Really? I think so. Oh, yeah. yay. I, well, it's also oh. crafty because you, with those three, you also get all the spinoffs, right? You get the Punch yeah. Brothers, you get... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good things. Um, oh, okay. And then I'm going to need some, like, 90s Mariah. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to need some, hmm, maybe like something, something really acoustic singer songwriter driven. I feel like Nickel Creek is my like little bluegrass flavor. Mariah is obviously the pop flavor I'll need. And then I'll need like a true singer songwriter, maybe like a, James Taylor esque, mm. like very, um, oh, this is so hard. Everyone, but okay, I know this is what it is. You know what it is? As musicians, we really, uh, I think that we legitimize ourselves by our taste so much. I, That's true. Yeah, and everyone gets hung up on this question. I think this is wise. Like we really want yeah. to have good taste, which is important. I think, but that's true. Yeah, and uh, for this specific question, I'll say James Taylor. I usually don't say him as like I, I don't know like a ton of his catalog. I'm kind of like the the um, you know the surface level James Taylor fan. But I think that's why 
he would be a good one for me to take on an island because I oh. know I would be hanging on every word of like, you know, the long catalog because I respect and love so much what I do know. So this is a different question than like, what are your three favorites? To yeah, me. it is. This it is, is like, different. This is like, what will hold your attention <laughs> yeah. for life? You're deep okay. dive. You're really getting into the psychology of this. <laughs> really, I really it. am. That's we're great. we're obsessed with Survivor, and so oh. I'm uh I'm picturing like me on the Survivor TV yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> with music. Okay. Totally. Okay. Great question. There you go. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's do one more. Let's flip it a little bit. Um. If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, but you had to pick from one of these three songs. Oh, you're telling me which three songs? There's three songs you can pick from, A, B, or C. Chumbawamba, I Get Knocked Down, or whatever that song's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. B, um, no, you mentioned the not... 90s, I'll go with the Macarena, is B. Oh, And wow, C, okay. uh, pick your Metallica song. I don't know any Metallica songs. Oh, no, That's a, okay. B, <laughs> You know, when you said A, I almost immediately said, definitely not that one, whatever the other two are. But I think in that lineup, I'm going to need, oh, I guess I'm going to need I Get Knocked Down. All right. There you go. That's tough, though. <laughs> At the very least, it would pep you up a little bit if you- It would pep me up. It would take days. me back- that song makes me feel like I'm nine years old at All Star Skate with rollerblades <laughs> on with the disco ball. So that's a good feeling. There you go. Falling that's down, but getting back up because the song got you so pumped <laughs> yes. to get up again. <laughs> well, um, all right. Lightning round over. I feel like it's okay. important to say that so that we're good. in different headspace here, right? Yeah. Um, good, good. You've got a new song out. You have a new single out, which is yes. so fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, and I'm curious uh, about a few things. Well, first of all, th is the new music mean that there's more music coming? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. And is this like EP album something? Um, really, I am planning on releasing, like I did with Magnet, just a single every few weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what I'm supposed to say here. I'm not trying to That's keep fine. any secrets. So yeah. there's just, I, I have three more songs that will definitely come out over the next few months, like yeah. single by single. Um, and so by the end of it, it will, it will be enough songs to count, count as an EP. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm also not like treating it like an album, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, like your typical album but, cycle that an artist. Right. Would do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm always curious because, you know, these interviews oftentimes they're done well before I'm editing and then actually releasing them. So it's yeah. fun because there's a little bit of back to the future that we can do as people are yeah. listening to this. Yeah. You're telling me before some of this has come out, how do you feel um, about the new music? Like as an artist, you always have nerves about stuff and you, you just released a new single. How are you feeling mm -hmm. with all of that right now? Yeah. Well, I think the nature of how I'm releasing these songs and sort of the mental headspace of kind of what we were just talking about where I, in my mind, it's a little more low key than an album launch because yeah. it's sort of single by single. So when I have released an album, 
I released one or two singles and then the rest of the songs all at once. And this is just song by song by song by song. It's four. I'll just say it's four songs total. And um, so thankfully, it's kind of putting me in a really chill spot <laughs> with yeah. with the release just because um, it's just exciting and fun to to share new music um and i sort of get to take off the the sort of self-inflicted pressure that sometimes an album comes yeah. with and you know you have goals and you would like certain things to happen where these four songs are really just songs i've written over the last several months and they kind of have just um stood at the top of sort of the pile of current songs yeah. that I have because I'm, I'm writing all the time um, and these four songs are just they just felt like you know we don't need to wait for the next you know big album launch like let's just go ahead and like it's been over a year since I released Meadow my last record and um, it just felt like why why wait longer when these songs are ready to go and they feel right for the time so to answer your question I feel um I feel very chill <laughs> chill about it Wonderful. I feel excited and just it's not really it's not occupying a ton of my brain space I don't know how to explain that but. well it sounds like you're contrasting so would typically like releasing an album like Meadow do uh -huh. you typically get kind of anxious in that whole artist like uh what's what's gonna happen um not in a in a like i'll get nervous energy but it's not for meadow specifically it wasn't a negative nervous energy it was like it meadow was my first record to release in years so there was a lot that sort of came with that mm -hmm. and a lot of excitement for me and joy and kind of freedom in releasing that um, so I wouldn't say there was anxiety with it, but there was more of like, this was my first sort of time to release music in a while. And this kind of, these songs feel more like I've already sort of paved the way for the music that I'm making now. And, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's super exciting. I'm I'm gonna switch gears on you here a little bit, sure. um, and ask go take us back to the beginning, a little bit. So before you were like CCM star, uh, Jillian Edwards. That is, um, that is so, so CC, What what title do you guys use at home? CCM queen, CCM. I don't use uh, it any of those. <laughs> uh, no, no. But before before you were you know this artist and um, well respected regarded kind of artist. What did like the beginning of music or thinking about it more as a career look like for you? When did that start? Yeah, I love that question because um, so growing up, I have a twin brother, two older sisters and mom and dad, which, by the way, am I making up? Is there a Texas connection here? Are you from Dallas? Uh, my wife went to school in Dallas. Um, really? Yes, she did. And yeah, my wife That's went to school cool. there. And okay. UNT? Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I maybe thought that maybe yeah, um, there is a Texas something, but um sorry. Squirrel. I'm like Oh, you're right. 
<laughs> rabbit trail, but uh, grew up in Dallas. And um, anywho, my just all growing up, music was just sort of like the language of my family. And my dad um, still sits down at the piano every single day just to play. And he's, you know, we grew up with him writing songs um, for every occasion and for like for friends and family. And he wrote a song uh, when each of us were born. And um, it's just like a really um, natural part of his life and my mom too. Um, my mom has a beautiful voice and uh, taught voice lessons for a while. And um, so they were always singing together at home and at church and just like pure, really pure, um, like the joy of music was, I, I feel like really foundational. Mm. And so, um, so my dad had like a couple guitars at home laying around. So all four of us would kind of, uh, pick up the guitar and he'd like show us some, and then we'd kind of, you know, look up chords online of, you know, our favorite songs at the time and stuff. And so over time, um, you know, we all can kind of, you know, get by on the guitar. Oh, I'm definitely far under the, uh, I'm, I'm not very good at guitar. <laughs> is there, was saying. there a sense of like competition among siblings or a family band or no, anything like that? No competition at all. Just no. pure, pure fun. Amazing. And we would just kind of like, you know, as I talk about it now, I realize how sort of sacred and not normal this sounds but we would we would absolutely just sit in the living room and pass the guitar around and play like our latest song that we had made up and it was Amazing. and we you know my mom would be singing harmony with us and we would learn each other's and um it was never like let's take this thing on the road at all it was yeah. just like um truly like self-expression so yeah. um so that was super foundational and you know, of course, we um, sang at school and church and all the things. And um, and from a from a young age, like I remember just being a kid and thinking, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a singer. And um, so that was ingrained really early on. That's really, really what I imagined myself always doing. And then, um, and then. Uh, I mean, I was super shy um, to sing in front of people, though, other than my family in the living room. So that took some time. Um, but I guess I guess it was maybe high school that I started really, really picturing, like, logistically, what is the career path? What's my path to get to um, being able to sing for a living? So that's pretty, pretty early really like there was not a plan b for you there really wasn't like this was there really the, this wasn't was the, this yeah was the course amazing yeah yeah so high Very school this starts yeah so i'm i started writing songs on guitar in high school and um and my brother and i my twin brother cole and i would um lead worship at church youth group and he is like still just a master at the guitar and he like could talk to anyone in the world he has no in my opinion he has no like stage fright none of that so he was 
so he's so gifted and and he's so um um yeah spiritually led and also like musically just talented to to lead and sort of be the front man um as we would lead worship so i got really comfortable singing harmony with him for that um but one night uh, in high school there was a like a more or less like a talent show at youth group where different kids were doing different things and my brother played a couple of songs of his own and I ha- I didn't sign up to do anything. And, um, and after he was done with his song, he said in the middle of the talent show, which was a big deal at the moment, yeah, yeah. but um, he finished his song and he said, okay, now my sister's going to come up and play one of her songs. Wow. And um, put you on the spot. He, yeah. Yeah. And he and my dad, Oh, I'm tearing up. <laughs> but he and my dad had planned that because, had planned for to put me on the spot because there's no way I would have signed up wow. for that. And the um, anxiety you might have had. Like, yeah, just, up to it. yeah, just super shy to do that. Yeah, so let me interject a question there because I, sure. I feel like a lot of people may feel this way and artists and, and, and lead, you yeah. know, worship leaders especially. Um, did you have this thing where you were like, I'm writing songs and I want the world to hear them, but I know that there's this barrier of stage mm-hmm. fright or social anxiety, whatever. Yeah. Was that there, that tension there for you? And you're like, what am I going to do? Um, it's funny, but I definitely felt the barrier of stage fright. Um, but it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't know how, but like, that'll be okay. We'll figure it out okay. somehow. Yeah. So it, because it felt so certain, uh-huh. the desire and the pull I felt towards making music and singing i kind of felt like this will this will work somehow yeah, <laughs> like yeah. even just the the stage fright aspect i kind of felt like it wasn't crippling like i wanted to get through it and i knew that i would okay. i just needed i needed the push and i needed the right. um i wasn't going to initiate that so um yeah, so then I sang my song, one of the first songs I ever wrote, and uh, and I did it super shaky, like, you know, barely got through it, but it was that was the breaking point. After I did that, um, I wasn't completely over stage frightness, but I uh, was able to, like, see the way forward. And that summer, the summer after my senior year in high school I got a job at a sandwich shop called Potbelly's I don't know if you've ever eaten at yeah, Potbelly but solid yeah <laughs> solid sandwich yeah um at our Potbelly in Richardson in Dallas area um they always had a musician singing cover oh, songs yeah. yeah like up in this little balcony yeah. thing so that summer I got a job there um specifically to get used to singing in front of people um wow so, and it was perfect for me because people were like eating their sandwiches and no one was like looking directly at me, Yeah. but I got used to, to performing. And so I took baby steps and totally. I'm still taking baby steps in different areas, but Can yeah. Can just stop for a second and say, this is like a freaking amazing Disney film story, <laughs> right? Like the musical family and the, like the stage fright and then your, your, the, your brother and dad thing. That's the climax, and then Aww. she's going, and she's like taking the baby step to do it, and people are eating their sandwiches as the film closes. That's just so ready made. Oh, I just—it's amazing. 
there's still, and there were some really encouraging things that happened just like while singing Dixie Chicks songs or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing those cover songs, you know, and I would occasionally sneak in some of my originals and uh, I was supposed to just play covers, but, um, but yeah, I remember one time somebody slipped, uh, had taken one of the bags that a sandwich comes in and wrote with a Sharpie. Uh, they just said, I love your sound. Great. Like exclamation point, exclamation point. And they like slid it up on the stage and yeah. I still have it because oh, wow. things like that are just like acts of kindness mm-hmm. that just sort of validate a very stage fright little high schooler stage <laughs> fright yeah stage fright right? yeah yeah um so you're playing you're accompanying yourself you're playing guitar and singing at that yes. point just you yes which is yeah. it's also nerve-wracking because there's there's also the piece beyond just the voice of i've done that that's most of what i've done mm-hmm. in a similar era of life high school and and college and there is that thing too of like oh and i have to support myself like yes. if I crash and burn on the guitar, I can't save it with my voice necessarily. So I need to yeah. hold it together. Yes. There's that part too. Yes, totally. So, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You. No, um, not at all. You then. So then you're going into college. What what, what era is this? Yes. So then um, I always feel so funny on podcast talking about myself so long. I'm like, I want to know more about what your journey has been. It is strange, but that's <laughs> how know? this works. That's, <laughs> but I do want to know. Well, t- I'll tell you offline for a second, but okay. but okay. That, for for now, people are here because of you. They're tuning in. Well, so okay, so you're a teenager. You yeah. Go okay, off to so, college and still playing. Yes. Yes. So went to uh, Baylor, just a couple hours from home, and um, signed up for an open mic night at Common Grounds, which at the time was the only you know music venue there coffee shop now where's Waco this has everything <laughs> where, where, is it, what what town is this in Waco yes my friends have yes. played there a bunch they t- yes. tour and go yeah 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 okay yes common yeah. grounds it's a well, it's no. a known little spot and it's kind of just been there forever and yeah so it's a it's a coffee house and uh, they do concerts there and they have a or at that time they had a weekly open mic and one of my first weeks there at college I you know, put my name up there. And yeah. it was one of a similar thing where I was like, I'm really nervous for this, but there's no way I'm not going to do this. So signed up for it. Yeah. And I still vividly remember like minutes before I was supposed to go on for my little open mic slot, like praying in the parking lot before and like being wow. so nervous. And I'm sure I barely got through it, but it was just like, it just got easier and easier and easier yeah. The more I did things like that and the more I did those things, the more I loved doing it. And it was like, it was what I thought it would be, you yeah. know, that I would, that I felt sort of um, in my place when I was doing that. Totally. Which what an yeah. encouragement to young people, right? Who are skittish to take the stage, but no, they have yeah. this thing is like, get out there and do it. And, and it, that it yeah. does get easier with each time. Yes. It's true. Oh, I have a couple totally. questions to interdisperse yeah. here. One yes. is, has that, because now you do, I mean, you, you do a lot on stages um, mm-hmm. or pre-COVID anyway, I'm sure. Um, right. <laughs> has, has that totally gone away? Do you still have some? Are there moments when you're like, yeah, Jesus, I'm in that spot again? Has that ever happened? Um, 
it doesn't ever go back to like the full on yeah. like 17 year old full like I don't know what I'm doing I'm so nervous I don't know what's happening it doesn't go like 100% there but there's definitely like I'm always gonna be you know the kid me is always in me so um I'm I'm for sure not um like effortlessly um myself in front of an audience I think it there's um there it's still not natural if that answers your mm. question it's still not natural to to be in front of an audience but yeah um I think maybe I've just gotten more comfortable with my uh discomfort like it's okay that I'm not um you know I'm still kind of awkward on stage like stage presence is not I wouldn't ever coach anyone on how to <laughs> on how to like sure. stage banter and stuff but I think I've I've grown to be to kind of own that about myself mm. where it's like it's okay that I'm like a little awkward and <laughs> I don't know. clearly if people are okay it. with it at this point right <laughs> well I think there's I think there does come I, I don't know a confidence whether it's with age or experience or what mm -hmm. but it's like you know you've yeah. done this enough times you keep getting gigs it's okay <laughs> the more times you do it the more times yeah. you do it the easier the easier it gets for sure and there is I mean you know all kinds of different performers and and audiences are endeared you know by all kinds of different demeanors because not everyone is take your Brandon Lake or whatever you know mm -hmm. they're just like monsters on the stage that like yeah. are more comfortable on stage than off stage almost yeah and yeah it just takes all kinds and totally so I'm curious when did you I've listened um now I've only be, recently become aware of your music which I it's so great and I love so thank much thank you but thank I'm, I'm curious about a, a couple things first of all um were you releasing music back in this like college -y time frame yet or no yes yeah yes i was i was but that's um, not really something was... I, we could hear online you can yep yeah it's, can. it's out there yes so would these be so on it's... like the album i've heard on spotify whatever your earliest thing is okay it's, it's funny though because spotify i don't think they're all on spotify because this was before spotify was happening and i didn't oh, sure put them on spotify after because because Spotify was not an existing platform, if I put those early records on there now, the release date would be now. Wonky. Like they they won't let you, or that's my understanding. But they're on um, iTunes and I think they're on Apple Music maybe. Interesting. So I've but, only heard uh, yeah. at a certain point, 2014, which I think we're a fairly similar age. So that if you were in college, you've had a few records before that then. 2014, I was just out of college. So Head First, is that the one you've heard? Or um, wait. What's it called? Daydream? Daydream. Yes. Okay, yeah. that's out of college. So there's yeah. just there's just two records before before that one. Okay. Um, so you've had, and those were both college. You're putting out like a, yeah. a lot of music. At that, During at college? That, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was um, so fun. And I definitely had people who really enabled me with that and yeah. lots of just gifts people gave me <laughs> to yeah. be able to pursue that at that time and are you yeah. slinging cds at shows merch booth all that stuff yeah, yeah yeah which i think that really um it helped 
it helped me because I think it was sophomore year. I, I had, you know, a physical CD and, um, <clears throat> and, you know, that enabled me to pursue playing more and kind of have something, something to show when I was trying to get gigs and, and stuff like that. So totally. Um, well, yeah. people don't understand this now and I hate to what like, we're old enough that we could be like kids these days, but I really, there, I just, <laughs> I just had another guest on though that that was talking about this who came up in a similar time of like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, there was a time like you're saying. So if you wanted to go to the promoter, you took them your CD. That's what mm -hmm. they wanted. They wanted to hear what mm -hmm. you sounded like and, and maybe maybe see you live, but usually just a CD demo disc would yeah. get it done. And and when you went to the show, then if somebody really liked your music, basically the only place to get it was buy the CD right now. Yeah, because yeah. it might be in Karma Records or something, but for the most part, it's like here's here it is. It's ten bucks. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And yep. I what so I imagine this kind of like fostered in you, like oh, I can't mm -hmm. make money at this because I can sell five or ten or twenty CDs mm -hmm. in a show, mm -hmm. which is not bad. Like when you're that age. Yeah, totally. It it, it was different and. Uh, MySpace was also, um, like I had a MySpace music page and that's, awesome. that's a lot for me, how I, um, tried to pursue, uh, opening for different people and stuff like that okay. and trying to find, find shows. So I do remember MySpace. It's so funny, but that being an aspect of being able to share my music with, you know, potential, um, like people to open for, but, but yeah, as far as merch, at shows, it was like, yeah, if you want to have this, this is, you know, the only place to get it. <laughs> right, right. Actually, I mean, there was iTunes. It's just so it I, started, I guess right? It was just started. Yeah. yeah, I was on the, on. I guess all that was just starting. So. Um, Side note: Can we put? Yeah. We'll put the MySpace link in the show notes. Oh my right. goodness! I don't even know if you can. <laughs> It's, if it's still running. I, I most of us that have my space, I, every now and then I think, is that even still, like, is my stuff still up somewhere? Yes. You know, that's, that's the craziest thing. So, so funny. I'm curious then, at what point did you, because you'd had this dream, you felt this calling, and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Was there yeah. a point in your journey when you were like, oh, and now it's pretty well working. I can do this. Um, There's never, well... So you're asking, was there a point where it felt like I'm, I'm do I'm full on doing the thing I love. Yeah. Or no, where you're like, yeah, I'm going to make a career and like make money out of this. This is what I'm going to do. Was there a switch at any point? Um, there wasn't like a, like a totally concrete switch. I think it was more just over time, um, being able to like all four years of, of college, and summers and everything i was really focused on trying to play um play shows or churches or wherever they would they would have me like yeah. college towns in texas and then i um the summer between my junior and senior year of college i lived in nashville and uh, just wanted to see what the city was like and see what it was about and so i think really all throughout college it felt like um you know I had made my first record and it just felt like the the beginning of 
I guess it never really felt like something I was trying out. It kind of always just felt like this is sort of step one of however many steps and, and there are different seasons for me and, and as far as how music looks and uh, even now there's, there's different seasons of how it looks. Um, But yeah, I don't know if that explains it. There wasn't really a, a, a switch, but there was, I think just from day one, it felt like the beginning of something I was just going to always do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'm going to project here for just a second because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from my own story, did you ever did did, w- did you ever feel the need for friends, family, church people, whoever, to be mm-hmm. like, um, to have an answer for like, well, here's what I'm uh, really doing with my life, but you actually knew you were doing the music thing. Did you have to have that or was it kind of, accepted in your family and like my parents are amazing by the way if they're listening i'm just saying (laughs) you you develop this thing where people don't understand what music as a living is right because not so many Mm -hmm. people do it yeah did you feel like you had to have this answer also of like uh, oh and i'm getting a degree in this or that or what i also such a gift i really didn't ever feel that at all i think that something my mom and dad just value music so much. So it never, um, it never felt like a, like a iffy path. It felt like a, like, you know, definitely pursue this. We like, we support you a hundred percent. The other side of that is I, um, I personally really wanted to and chose to go to college. I really wanted to have, um a four-year college experience which is Hmm. such a gift and it's still amazing that that I got to do that um but I did you know all through college I I felt like you know it's music like that's what I'm gonna do but I majored in communications and got a degree and you know played shows all through college but it felt like for whatever reason I just those four years more than the degree for me, I think I needed those four years to kind of just grow into myself mm-hmm. and to just play all of those random shows I played and just get comfortable, more comfortable. And um, I just needed that time. If I had gone straight to Nashville or LA or something yeah. uh, right out of high school, I just wouldn't, I just needed that season, that yeah. college season. So, um, so I don't know if it would have been what it would have looked like if I would have not, if I didn't have the desire to go have a college season. Sure. Um, but yeah. Side note, I, uh, like <clears throat> I assume you're probably really glad I am. I know that like uh, I've had those seasons that felt long and I couldn't wait to get to the next step. And at the mm-hmm. same time, were total development seasons. Yes. Which hopefully mm-hmm. encourages people listening. Like you just it's so important i'm super glad that all the records in myspace and all that stuff that like just are not available to to people for me personally um (laughs) so you know encouragement to people listening like it's okay and totally god's bringing you into something i so i'm gonna fast forward now because Mm -hmm. you talked about seasons yeah and music coming in seasons you and your husband both do music and you have a f- family, is that right? You've got a... We have a daughter. A yes. daughter, okay. Yeah. And so I imagine for you guys, because you're juggling different mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, you're both artists and, and juggling different things. Are there times when you, you have to make some really clear decisions like, yes, we're going to do this. No, we're not going to do that. Or we're going to stack things this way so that like, it's not just here you go. Here's your path to the Grammys, Jillian. Oh, <laughs> it's definitely a um, week by week, month by month. We have to figure out, you know, what, what the next month looks like and how how we're going to do it. And Faye is our daughter and, um, and she's, she's three and a half. So we're, we're fairly new at parenting. And, um, I think I'm really grateful for, for Will and, and his parents and my parents and just the overall support we have, um, because nobody thinks we're crazy for doing what we're doing. Although it is a little crazy from, you know, from, outside of music industry perspective, probably just how to have a family and how to both pursue and do what we love and do it sustainably. And, um, I, I do feel like God has really been faithful to just provide exactly what we need at the right time. And sometimes we don't know it until, you know, sometimes a lot of times we don't know what the next six months look like, but we know, you know, Will has a fall tour, you know, he'll be gone September, October, November. So I'm home with Faye. Um, but I also have shows sporadically throughout that time. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we figure out like, okay, I'm playing a four day conference in September. So, uh, do I feel comfortable leaving Faye that long? I do. I'll take her to Dallas. She'll stay with my parents. I'll go do that. Other times, you know, Will's parents help and we have um angel babysitters and stuff like that but it is um it is a very just step-by-step like sort of game time decision on like does this feel right and does this feel best for our family and for Faye of course um and I I would assume there's moments you have to say no to definitely yeah real for sure. And those, uh, those no moments, um, and it's just so different having, having a baby and, and being a mom. Cause you'd think saying no to things would be disheartening, but it's like, I know when I need to say no, because as, as great of an opportunity there might be, like I don't want it if it if yeah. it doesn't work for for the if it doesn't work for my daughter you know yeah. I I want her I want to be my best self for her and I want to give her my best self and and my best self requires playing shows because I I thrive in that and that sort of makes me a a whole person but um but it's yeah, it's just month by month figuring out what to say yes to and what to say no to and what's what's best for her and um and will yeah, I'm really thankful for the the team that we are. Definitely. Totally. Important. That's a, no, that's amazing. One of the questions I've gotten most often is I ask the listeners like what should I ask people? One of the things that comes up most often is people say this, they're like um how do you do music worship or artistry with a family? Because mm-hmm. there is so much of it on the road or a long day in the studio or whatever. Yeah. And um, I think 
the behind the scenes really as far as i've seen with everyone that does it is like it's it is the day by day you yeah. have to make decisions and there's really also not a one size fits all answer because every family's different mm-hmm. and every yes. child is different and you know definitely so it's like um yeah and i and i think it's i hope that it's hopeful for those listening that uh, mm-hmm. you know aspiring uh worship leaders musicians artists that it's like um everyone is in the same struggle who's a, yeah. you know in that in the family and trying to get that balance right on yeah. that sort of thing well yeah. i have a couple more musical questions if i can fire yes. you um, of course. One is, I was listening last night again to your new single. Again, fantastic. But Thank I was you. cognizant of, for, to me as I'm listening, and I, I mm-hmm. your album Meadow, also great, mm-hmm. has this, um, what I would say, it, it seems intentional. And this is my question. Mm-hmm. Is this intentional mm-hmm. or not? That you have a synthesis of um, styles or influences. So I can mm-hmm. hear like, you, you mentioned Dixie Chicks, so I can, now that you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, you get some a little bit of that. But, like, stuff like James Taylor and singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. maybe Gillian mm-hmm. Welch or something. Mm-hmm. This, like, Americana folk thing mm-hmm. that you're carrying at the same time as carrying this CCM vibe. Mm-hmm. How intentional is that to say, okay, I'm not going to be a straight CCM pop star because that's not mm-hmm. who I am. But I also mm-hmm. maybe am not going to be completely a total... Gillian Welch, just a girl on a guitar folk thing either. Yeah. How does that work for you? And what do those conversations sound like producers or whatever? Yeah. Um, so, so do you mean purely sonically like the sound or lyrically and like genre the whole thing? Okay. Yeah, all of it. Yes, definitely intentional. Um, I, my first couple of records, the college ones, um, they are a lot of like love songs, relationship songs, um, some prayerful songs, but it's, it's pretty like holds like sort of a spectrum of potential genres. Yeah. And if that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, released daydream and, um, everything I've released has felt true to me. And I've always, I've always loved, I don't know if this is answering your question in a roundabout way, but like love songs, I still love songs and songs that aren't um, that, you know, you wouldn't find under the contemporary Christian genre, maybe. Um, How do I explain this? Well, anyway, so I've, I've always just tried to release, uh, you know, genuine songs and, there's been, you know, prayerful songs sprinkled in there over the years. And then I had, I became a mom. We had Faye. And after I had her, I really had a, had a shift of just my capacity as a human. A lot of it um, is given to her, you know, and is given to, to being a mom Um and so I, I was just sort of prayerfully um, for the, the first several months of her life, you know, trying to think about what is it, what's next musically for me, and um, was just sort of waiting for like a vision for what the next thing would be, yeah. the next album, and just kept 
not being sure and wondering about it. And I finally, I'll try, try and make it a shorter story, but the bottom line is that I finally came down to the, the point that I, with the capacity that I had left, I really wanted to, for the first time, sort of run towards the lane that I had kind of always sort of like stepped in and out of, of faith-based music. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my music I've ever released is faith-based because I'm a faith-based person yeah. and I have a relationship with God. And, and But the shift of musically on paper saying, I'm going to actually step into this um, like realm of like the next music I want to make. I want to talk about my, my relationship with God and about things of faith and uh, do that intentionally. Um, And there's at that point, there's like certain aesthetic, certain marketing Mm -hmm. decisions that you start making to say, okay, this is like, I'm spending all this time and effort and energy into all of this. Mm -hmm. We do have to make it fit into some kind of market. Right. Yes. Is there that kind of decision making process of like, okay, we're going to be intentional about that and it's going to be marketed to a CCM audience and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And just the, you know, my, my desires just started to change after I had Faye where I realized, you know, a dream tour for me back then today back in the day would have been to like open for patty griffin or someone like that mm-hmm. on tour like singer songwriter that still would be a dream obviously but patty um, if you're listening patty i'm out i'm here <laughs> <laughs> but seen patty many times so good but my my desires just started changing whereas i started dreaming about like what would be the most life-giving show for me to play yeah. After I had Faye, it was a surprise. It started to change to like, I want to play women's conferences and I want to hmm. talk about Jesus and I want to sing about Jesus. And yeah. I, 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 I just kind of had this feeling of like, I can't afford anymore to kind of float around genres. I don't have that much time anymore. So like, yeah. I just, I've got to narrow it down, which I think, I think I used to be afraid that that would be limiting to choose a lane but it's really freeing because once you choose a lane um then you kind of your yeses are easier and your nos are easier because it's like what yeah you've you've set boundaries and so ever since sort of choosing like okay this this next record i'm gonna make and for the foreseeable future my artistry is going to be you know, songs that narrate my faith. Yeah. And so that sounds like it belongs in a Christian genre. So let's put it in there and let's yeah. like not be afraid of that. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I feel really thankful to do that. And I also feel really thankful that there's freedom to creatively still do, you know, whatever, um, like for TV and film, um, one other thing that sort of is a big piece to all of this music and how it looks different in different seasons is that all throughout the last 
seven years, I've been a staff writer for a publisher here in town, uh, which means I write songs for them to pitch to TV and film. So for ads, for commercials, and for, you know, the background songs on TV shows. So I still really enjoy writing all genres of songs. Yeah. Um, but as far as my artistry and the songs I want to sing on stage and the songs I want to talk about are, um, are in that Christian music space. Totally. It gives you an outlet. Yes. Relief valve a little bit in that sense. So you're saying people could hear uh, like your voice on This Is Us or something like a, oh, a, a, I would love to get one on This Is Us. I mean, come Still on. Still shooting for This Is Us. In your genre, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the, the, the uh, El Dorado, right? Um, yeah. But, but like on commercials and things, people hear your voice. You're mm -hmm. singing on some of these sync stuff? Yes. Yeah, singing yeah. as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, so well, Jillian, I want to respect your time. And so I one thing that um, at the end, I always ask folks to do, if you'd be willing, would you pray over people that are listening? Sure. Of course. Just whoever, um, you know, as people resonate with like things that you're talking about, your journey um, and the Holy Spirit's just popping things for people. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it is, but just praying over those yeah. folks that are absolutely resonating. For sure. God, I love you, and I thank you uh, for being with us. I thank you for uh, everyone listening and the stories that you have for them, and I thank you for your provision for for all of us, God, and I ask you to just open all of our eyes to you, God, and um, open our ears of faith and uh would you just lead us and determine every step and help us just put our hope and our trust in you, God, more than any outcome or any, um, any dream, God, you are who makes it all um, worth it. And you're knowing you is the goal. So I pray that you would um, just light up our affections for you, God, and that you would, um, just bring us further into your will. And if there are things that you're leading us to do, God, I, we just entrust ourselves to you and ask you to move us in those things, God. And we thank you for all the seasons. Um, and we thank you for being faithful in all of it, God. And I just, um, I praise you for the, the good, the good things you're doing uh, that we can't even see. And I just confess that we, that we see very little and you see, you see all of it. And we just thank you and trust you. Um, as, as a lot of times we don't know what's next, uh, in our stories, but we, we trust you and pray that we would glorify you in it all. And, uh, thank you for Nick and thank you for this podcast. And I pray that you would, um, that you would touch even, even this conversation and every word and you would, um, Bring glory to yourself and that your purposes would be accomplished and just love you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. I hope it was meaningful for you for your own journey. You can stay connected with me and new episodes of the secret Chord through Instagram at the secret Chord podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. 
Feel free to reach out, stay connected. I try to respond to every comment and DM personally for right now, so feel free to hit me up and let me know what guests or themes you'd like to hear on the show. The theme music for The Secret Chord is shamelessly supplied by my band Mountaintops. You can hear the theme music from the show and songs from all of the Season 1 guests on The Secret Chord Season 1 playlist on Spotify I made just for you guys. Link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you guys next time.